Uh, as we've stated, uh, the RPI rankings for 4A are out for football. The standings for the end of the season are have been tabulated. So uh, the, the playoff pairings are now set. And it has some people scratching their heads a little bit, trying to understand how the RPI works. And John Oglesby, he's with Utah High School Activities Association, a friend of the program. He's been on with us before to help us make sense of this. John, thanks for your time today, and uh, hopefully we can get some good answers. Hey, John. Hey, what's going on? It's great to be with you guys up in Cache Valley and to be on with Eric, with you, and then with uh, the voice of the Aggie women's basketball team. is a real <laughs> treat, so thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, John. Greatly appreciate that kind of you. Before we get into uh, this, the, the final rankings, uh, the, how long has the state been, uh, UHSAA, been implementing RPI? I know you were using it for some sports, but then you, you vastly expanded it just a few years ago. How many years have we, have we been using RPI now? Yeah, this is the third year that we've used it. Yep. So third year we've used it and uh, keep looking things every year and having conversations like we're having every year. So. Uh, John, I, I want to ask, what does the criteria from year to year change or maybe be critiqued a little bit uh, just based on, you know, how things are going and maybe and maybe you guys gather as a as a group and say, well, we want to change a couple of things and, and maybe change the dynamic of how we are putting together RPI or does it always stay the same? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Ajay. It has changed in the, the time that we've had it, our member schools and we're really fortunate. We've got several folks up in Cache Valley who are our members of our governing boards. And so those are things that we have conversations about uh, with the board and then them with us being the staff about, hey, what's the best way to go about this? How does it look? What what should it look like? And so the, the RPI has stayed mostly the same, but with a couple tweaks here and there. And um, we got to where we did things this year. Um, going into a new alignment where, you know, like, for instance, in football, um, we used to just give one out-of-classification exception. Now we've gone to two because we realize that a lot of schools are playing out of class not only once but twice. Um, and just different things like that that we make small tweaks along the way um, to make it better for our member schools. Overall, if you look at the RPI, it's been very successful in seeding our tournaments. Uh, year after year, you see a lot of matchups sticking to chalk in terms of how it's been written up, but that revision is always going on, and we appreciate our member schools and, and our, our administrators coming to us with those ideas and those conversations. John, you mentioned something that I wanted to uh, address, and you said that there used to be one exception. Now there are two exceptions. What, for those who don't are really into the weeds on this, what does that mean? That means basically, so when a team plays out of classification or out of state, for that matter, which we know a lot of teams up in Cache Valley do, then the value of a game, if you're calculating it, is going to be different. Um, in this sense, and I'll give you, we have set values for what a game in football for 1A and 2A is worth compared to a 3A through 6A opponent. And partially that's because if you're a 4A opponent, you're going to play some 5A schools. You know, I look at Skyview that played, you know, all over um, classifications, Ridgeline also doing some of that. And you want those schools to have different values. Like if Ridgeline or, or, or Skyview or any school up there were to go play Ridge, 
that's probably a very different game, right? Um, yes. So the the value of winning game, a game against Rich would be different because Rich is a one eighteen. But if you go across the hill and grab some Maddox and then you play Box Elder, the value, the difference in those two opponents, just by enrollment size on school size, isn't super different. Um, so then the value of that game is similar. So what it does is it gives exceptions to when you play out a classification that you have a couple times that are free as part of the calculation process. John, with only two regions in the 4A classification, is there any chance that we might have another region enter in back to the 4A fray? Or how did that decision come about to only have two regions in 4A? Well, the, 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 the real crux of the decision, and I mean, I'll, I'll say this, uh, is, is our board, there was a group of schools in the 4A that were in the 4A range, and there was a group of schools that competitively, if you look at the 5A, should have been in 4A. They were right on the bubble, um, right above the bubble, I should say, for enrollment. Um, wanted to be in 4A, but our board had no ability by the rules of our enrollment to be able to consider to move them down into 4A to make a viable region. So at that point, they then decided to move schools up into 5A with the consent of some schools, and that's created where we have a five-region A, 4A. And there's no doubt, it's it's caused um, some growing pains. Let's put it that way. Makes sense. Sure enough. Um, and and th- that's evaluated, what, every two years? Every two years, yep. And, and Cash Valley's fortunate because Cash Valley has a not only a principal on our executive committee, but also uh, a school board member on our board of trustees. So... Uh, not a lot of states, not a lot of parts of the state have the level of representation in a lot of those UHSA decisions like Cash Valley does, for sure. John, I don't mean to keep beating a dead horse, but I want to make sure we all understand this uh, exception uh, that can take place when a team in one classification plays a school in another classification. So if I understand this correctly, if you're a 3A school and you play a 5A school, there's no added benefit necessarily to your strength or your RPI because you're already getting the same weighted value. And I guess that would be the same thing for a 4A versus 5A, correct? That is is correct, yes. Okay, so the modification really only affects if you're a lower school and you beat a 3A and above. Or I guess if if you're above and you play down, that could affect you. But if you're a 3A to 6A, it really doesn't matter whatsoever. That is correct, yes. Okay, because I think there was some there was some thought that maybe some confusion or misunderstanding that a school like Ridgeline who played four 5A schools should get some extra consideration because of playing up so many times versus a Desert Hills who only played up twice. But that since they're so close in classification, there really is no added incentive to play up like that. Yeah, if you go to uhsaa.org and then go to our RPI page as well and then go to our info and FAQs, because these are a lot of commonly asked questions, and I appreciate you guys bringing them up. 
it, it breaks down right there how all of it looks. And so when you look at that, it gives the index for what the out-of-classification wins are worth. Basically, the, the value of each classification is decided there. And we have different metrics compared to if it's a five-classification sport compared to a six-classification sport, which football went back to this year. So that's, um, that, that's really been an important thing that's been part of our calculation process, the class modifier, if you will. And, and will, that, will that be uh, adjusted any, any more? Does a 3A and a 6A have the same kind of level? Will there be any additional discrepancy how to fine-tune that, or is that pretty much where it's going to be moving forward, do you think? Well, that'll be where it is for this year, um, just with the way the board has voted to use the RPI. Uh, it's always up for discussion, and I think, again, we'll evaluate it. Our boards will have feedback on it, and we'll go forward to make the best decision we can for um, the state in terms of how the RPI is used. Hey, uh, John, I have a random question for you, but why does during the final week of the RPI standings, why do you guys cut it off? That's a commonly asked question, Ajay, and I appreciate you asking it because it's a yearly thing that I, I know a lot of folks ask. The reason we cut it off is we go in and verify that scores are correct, that scores are complete, and then we also use a little bit of it to create some hype. Um, so so it, there's a practical reason with verification and maintenance, but there's also the, the added sizzle of, uh, of building some excitement for the release. So two-pronged reasons. Have you ever seen any cases where somebody might decide to play differently in a final week based on where the standings are and, and how will they how competitive a game might be based on what the if they were to know what those standings were? Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure it could happen. Um, you know, number one, I know all of our coaches statewide are focused on the kids having success. And so I, as a coach, I believe that would be a very hard place to go into a game purposefully trying to not play well or not win solely to help with seeding. I, I just think that's so contrary to how our coaches are trying to instruct student-athletes that it's not something I know we think about a whole lot as being a viable outcome. I'm sure it's happened, but it's really contrary to what coaches are trying to do for the most part. John Oglesby joining us here on the Full Court Press of the UHSAA. Uh, John, this has actually been a pretty fun fall sports season in almost all the sports, volleyball, soccer, football, been a lot of competitiveness in, in some of these actually regions and, and, and standings are coming down to the final game. How fun or how hard is it for you guys to have to wait till the final game of the season to be able to like say, all right, this is how the RPI is going to look and this is what it's going to look like because, again, just so many so many competitive regions in almost every single sport, it's really been fun and yet different. Yeah, no, it's been a great season, and you can tell with things in the state of Utah being a little more um, traditional this year, you can tell that a lot of people have come back to playing um, and have come back to being fans, and that's, that's been exciting. It's been exciting to see people get those experiences again. And it's coming down to the last minute or the last score you're waiting on. Um, 
there's no doubt that it is um, nerve-wracking and there's a lot of work. I'll give you a little example, if you're okay with it, of Please, what an yeah. RPI the, the last night looks like for our staff. So we have a staff of, you know, three to four people, plus we have our, our you know, our, our tech person as well as our social media um, our social media person. And we're on a text string starting at about 7, 8 o'clock on a football night managing scores coming in. So, okay, we are missing three games, and it's 9 o'clock. So then we'll, we'll wait for those three games to come in. And if we don't see them by a certain time, then what we do is we'll start making phone calls to athletic directors and coaches to get those scores. Once we get all the scores in, we then trigger an algorithm that calculates the RPI using the data from Max Preps, which requires a lot, a lot of computer programming coming into the season to make sure that's all functioning properly. Um, and then from there, you have a mix of things. You have social media person working to get social posts ready to go, building graphics. You have a website person getting the website coded to be ready to go at a certain time with the information. You have um, our sports statistician who's building out brackets um, in PDF form so people can see who they're playing in a bracket. You have the sport director working to get communication ready to go for schools the next morning. It's, uh, it's an evolved process. And then at 9 o'clock the next morning, we release it and start seeing what people have to say. <laughs> That's, That's a, a great answer, yeah, John. That's, That's awesome. a really, really good answer right there. Hey, um, with what, what's what is really cool about how UHSAA handles this is that championship events get to happen in really cool venues oh, yeah. for these kids. I mean, for soccer oh, yeah. they go down to Rio Tinto. For football they're down at the University of Utah. Basketball has kind of moved around a little bit, and which I think is good. It makes it more regional, makes it so that it spreads it around for different fan bases and those those students. With the football playoffs this year. Uh, it it does say that the championship will be at the University of Utah. Will the semifinal be there as well, or those be at home sites? The semifinals right now um, are scheduled to be at home sites, um, but uh, there's there's always a potential for something to change. Um, for instance, if uh, if the schools in the area were able to work with a college venue potentially because it provided wider accessibility um, for a game, or whatever the reason being, or if they're um, both from the same region, could be there. Yeah, or if it's a regional matchup. I mean, if things stick to chalk, which we know high school sports, it's rarely, if anything, predictable. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, you'll have two. You know, geographically isolated semifinals in different parts of the state. Um, maybe there might be an opportunity to do something different there. Um, that's closer to home, but at a collegiate venue or some other third party venue. So a lot of that stuff I still think needs to be kind of figured out, but right now it's home site. Final question for me, John. With the state ever growing at a very rapid rate, how are you guys going to handle? Having, I just, I mean, cities or areas fill up. Are you gonna have to build another classification, or you just gonna have to build more regions in in within classifications? How's that gonna work? Well, I think that's a great question, AJ. And we're, I mean, our discussions in our board meetings is always around these types of issues. 
it's funny. We've heard everything from we need more classifications to now that we have a small 4 eight, maybe we need less. Maybe we need, you know, go back to five. That's been talked about in our board. Uh, I think right now where we're focused at is, is trying to create an alignment structure that really works well for the future of our state and for the growth that we know we're going to continue seeing. Um, and and that's a daily that's a daily challenge because stuff as we've seen changes so fast. And and the goal at the end of the day, we don't always get it right. Not everybody always gets it right, but the goal is always to get it right, and that's to make the best possible experience we can for the kids and the community. Hey John, last question for me. Uh, we we mentioned basketball, and that that tournament has moved around a bit. Where is that going to be hosted uh, this coming year? So the 4A classification this year is scheduled tentatively at, or not tentatively, it's at Dixie State University. It'll be in a Monday through Wednesday format. We found that there were some schools that liked having us on a Monday through Wednesday. And so we're going to do that down at Dixie State this year. And then um, hopeful uh, to be able to have it at a northern Utah location in 22-23. Um, so we're, we're already working on that and have had some very productive discussions to do it up north somewhere. And, uh, again, with those regions being on different parts of the state, it'd be nice to be able to move that 4A from the south up to the north the following year. Hey, John, really do appreciate your time and uh, being willing to uh, come on with us and help us understand all this RPI and these rankings and a very fun time of the year for a lot of these uh, student-athletes as they get to c- compete and participate in these playoffs. So thanks for uh, spending some time and helping us understand it a little better. No, it's a pleasure to be with you guys, and uh, always looking forward to seeing you guys around in the next couple weeks covering some – Cash Valley and Northern Utah sports should be a lot of fun. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks, John. Okay, take care, you guys.